This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour or so talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Morning, fellas. How are we? I'm good. I think we are. Good morning. I am well, thank you. It's a little early this morning. Yeah, it was early this morning. It seems earlier this morning than it was last week at this time. Really? Uh, for me to also. Did you go to bed particularly late last evening? I, I don't know. Not I don't know, but I don't, <laughs> no, that's comma, what you said, no. Okay. A uh, little soupy out there on the way in this yeah, morning, too. very foggy. I was, I was surprised. You know, I could see stars in the moon when I got up to take care of the chickens this morning, but as I came closer and closer to the coast, it got... It, it got and thicker. thicker it, it, it was foggy at my house, uh, but as I got to, as I got over here, it was even, even foggier. There is a dense fog advisory in effect currently until nine a.m. this morning for many areas nine of o'clock. the coast. That's, that seems late. It's going to hang out. It it the fog is sleeping in today. Is that what it is? Yes, it's, it was up late last night. It was very. Actually, we were at uh, Humphreys last night and saw Brian Regan, and there was no fog on the way home. Although the marine layer certainly came in. Maybe it followed you in. Maybe Perhaps you created so. a vacuum driving so, so, so quickly. quickly. Yes. That, yes. that was probably it. Brought it in. That was probably it. Uh, let's see. Uh, is, what day is it today? It's 28th. Saturday. 28th. The, 28th? No, yes, 28th. 28th. It is. Man, August just disappeared. Um, classes today in San Diego. It's going to be water saving techniques with uh, James. James. Yep. going to be teaching that. Be that's that's going to be at 9 o'clock. And in Poway, it's going to be fruit and vegetable lore with George. Yippee. Lore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you if you want to have an opportunity to meet George firsthand, you can uh, come up to the class today. That's going to be at 930 in the Poway store. Tomatoes will be provided for you to toss at George if you are so <laughs> if inclined. Necessary. If necessary. Yeah. If, if you're so yeah. inclined. Yeah. Um, so uh, in, San, uh, in San Diego especially, if you want to go to the class, I would recommend getting there early uh, to get a parking space and uh, get set up. Uh, and Poway, we have a little bit more parking, so it's not quite as critical. But it doesn't hurt to get there. A Correct. Early. George is usually a sellout. So. Well, it's because I bribe a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. He's Off such a, treats. He is such, such a sellout. A sellout. <laughs> yeah. 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 And by sellout, that's exactly what I mean, because the class is free. So. <laughs> oh, I, I actually... Take donations when they get there. <laughs> I have a jar set up. Yeah, I have a tip jar on the table. Open banjo case. That's right. He has been prepping all week for this. Well, I and can imagine. It, well, he's I, always prepared. 
He is. I, I've taught this sport, and, and I say taught. That's not. <clears throat> that's not really true. Presented. It's a, yeah. It's just. It's. It's a light banter about fruit, uh, fruit and vegetable lore. But I've done it several times before. This time, though, I put it into a PowerPoint versus a just me chatting. Oh, so. has it not been PowerPointed no, before? No, that's why I was working on it. I thought you were just fine tuning it. No, I, I revamped it a little bit and added a few more things. Uh, he is fine tuning. So it, it is new yes. and improved. It's Definitely improved. improved. Okay. I'll... You'll stop there. I will. Okay. Uh, and just a note going forward, next weekend, which is the weekend before Labor Day, uh, both stores are going to be dark as far as classes are concerned. Both stores will be open our regular hours, but we are not going to be having garden classes on, on Saturday. And we are open on la- – and both stores are open on Labor Day as well, our regular hours. Yes, so, we are. So if you got the day off and want something to do, we can uh, – It'll be we busy. can help you out with that. Yep. Not going to be a problem. Uh, some interesting stuff that's been going on in, at least in Poway. We had a customer come in with some liquid amber foliage that was just being decimated by caterpillars. <clears throat> and they were identified as red humpback caterpillars. Was it humpback or hump? I don't I think recall. They're, I think red they're hump. hump. Red hump. Red, red hump. Because it has that red, it's a cap. Yeah. Almost. But it wasn't a cap. It's not a red cap caterpillar, uh, as someone maybe has as you had tried to de- you. Had tried to describe it to me. Yes, all it I does could, have all a red I could cap. find was red caterpillar baseball caps. No, so it's almost almost the same. It is but, the red humped caterpillar, but they uh, it, unbelievable amount of caterpillars on. On the it, on the foliage that it, was on the tree, it looked like a grape skeletonizer. If you've ever seen grape skeletonizer, where you have dozens and dozens of caterpillars on a single leaf, yeah. But apparently, from reading about it, it stays fairly localized on the tree. They don't decimate the whole tree; just a section. They just stay, a piece of it, yeah. Unlike the grape skeletonizer, which decimates the, the whole, whole vine. Yeah. yeah, that's why we have BT in a. In a hose end sprayer application, just so for you your can grapes, take care of it. And the gentleman who wanted to take care of that took home the BT, uh, and we were talking about good caterpillars versus bad caterpillars. And now, whenever I sell BT, I tell people it is non-selective. It doesn't know that you're trying to yeah. be a host to monarch caterpillars. No, it does not. Wipes them all out. And he said, oh, "Okay, because they do have Asclepias, the milkweed for monarchs, but it's kind of far away." And they have it in two different areas, so it might be okay anyway. But he went home and spoke to his wife, and they did put down the BT. But it wasn't eradicating the caterpillars quickly enough. So he came back in yesterday. I guess that was two days ago that started. He came back yesterday to get the contact killer. He went oh. home with the contact spray to get rid of them to, right away. To get rid of them faster. I, I thought BT worked pretty quickly. They have to ingest fast it. enough. Yeah. Yes. They'll stop eating, and it takes a couple days for them to actually disappear. She, she wanted to see them falling. <laughs> I wanted to see them dead. Must be caterpillars falling from my eye. I, sorry. Please yeah. continue. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that being said, if you know, B, BT is a BT and and spinosad are both great controls for caterpillars in your yard. But if you are trying to host other insects, beneficial insects or or uh, monarchs in particular, you've got to be really careful introducing that stuff into your yard because it doesn't always stay exactly where you 
think you're putting it. Yeah, and the, and the, and the spinners have lasted a lot longer on the plant. Yeah, because? It is translaminar, don't you know? Which means? <laughs> it it, it a, gets slightly into the leaf, into the cell walls of the plant. It hangs out. Yeah. It lingers. Yeah. Huh. So just be very, be very careful and very aware if you're um, spraying spinosad or BT uh, in your yard or your garden, and you don't yeah, you want to you keep, don't want to yeah. you you don't want to disrupt the uh, the good things that uh, yeah. are in your yard or garden. Um, but I they, yeah that those leaves that they brought in they were they were they were covered. I haven't had anybody talk about liquid ambers for years. They've kind of, they it's one of those things yeah. that's kind of fallen out of favor, but it, right. I, but they were that's one of those plants that or one of those trees that was susceptible to that scorch. Correct. I think we're yeah. losing a bunch of ours due to that. We not doing I know well. we I know we I know we've lost at least one in in Poway because of that. Um, but that know, that was one of the, that was one of the few trees in uh, Southern California that would give you color. Uh, fall if, color, yeah. Right? That when the East Coast transplants would want, yeah, one I mean, fall color. That, yeah, that was a, change that was a go-to. In the, yeah, in um, the fall. it's a it, it it's a it's a beautiful tree, but yes, it can be as, as sure. long as you don't mind the uh, yeah the the, the, the little the seed, the seed pods. pods. Yeah, I, I think yeah. they're a beautiful tree, and I am one of those East Coast transplants that loves the fall foliage that it provides. The fall what foliage? foliage. Thank you. Foliage that Thank it provides. You. It used to be the most popular tree, foliage. fall coloring tree, <laughs> yeah. foliage tree that yeah. we we would sell, and we had three or four varieties of them. And then or, the Palo Alto, Burgundy, and Festival. Festival, yeah. And then we had that yeah, round, the, the rotunda, rotunda loba rotunda, that rotunda didn't loba. produce those. Didn't produce as much. Right. Well, it's still produced, but and I have an much. enormous one. It's not enormous. I have a couple of fairly big ones at my house. They were the a couple of the first trees I planted when I moved out east, and they were a new variety that was supposed to be uh, podless, but they do produce pods. Yeah, was that and the rotunda loba? No, it was no? a, a oh. new one, and Monrovia had them for a very short period of time, and then realized that they, they had been they still produce. Yeah. <laughs> they still produce. Yeah. So I got credit for them, but they're enormous trees, and one of them doesn't go dormant. It is not. It doesn't color up in the fall. The leaves really? stay out of it almost year round. It's kind of a worthless tree. <laughs> it produces seed pods and it doesn't give me fall color. But they have grown really well. But they provide shade. Yeah, but they're per, uh, kind of pyramidal. So there's not a. It's a fairly narrow shade tree. It's a host plant for your your collection of red humped caterpillars. I haven't noticed any, and I would not <laughs> mind if they came in and ate some of the leaves. I would let them. But I did put one at the back of the property, and it is enormous. It's probably 30 feet tall now after oh, wow. well, 15 years. So, Yeah, we, had, we actually took, I took one out of the backyard. It just got too big for the space, and it was just a mess. Um, yeah. <laughs> In the, in the, Only if you're barefoot. Yeah, it, it wasn't anything you want to be walking around, um, especially in the fall when everything starts falling off. Um, but yeah, that's one we used to sell, we used to sell a ton of yes, we did. And, yeah, Very few people. Bare, we we still get we got in some nice 24 inch box ones in the last couple of months in Poway, and they're gone. 
I don't know if they're still available or not, but there are a few people still growing them. And the one in our parking lot, one of them has come back fairly nicely. You cut away the dead branches and all you have left is green branches. It looks really good. Oh, the one on the west end? Yeah. 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 The They finally cut the trunk down on the one on the east end. The, the one that succumbed? That succumbed a few years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> um, now we we sell a product though that you right that you can spray and reduce the uh, seed pods. Yeah, yeah, Florel. It's yeah. That's one of those things you have to time it right. right? You do. I mean, quite frankly, flowers are not. I mean, particularly noticeable. Yeah, it's inconspicuous. You have to to notice it. You got to get a. You you've got to spray it when when the catkins first start right coming out. It's kind it's kind of it it works on olives too. Correct. um, Preventing olives from. I think, uh, producing, yeah. but you've got to, you've got to time it exactly just, just right. And yeah. I think you have to spray multiples multiple times yeah. as right. it's in bloom during bloom time because there's not yeah. all the flowers come out come at out the once. same time. Yeah, the, and yes. then the other issue too is it, it florel can cause problems with other plants when it gets on them. So if you're spraying a giant olive tree with a hose and sprayer, it's going everywhere all over your yeah. yard so you so your may peaches have, may not be peaching well you well i don't know so much of peaches but just um, other like um landscape shrubbery and things right. like that could anything it was, could cause yeah. a pro- it could cause cause some issues so bring me Wait, a sh- bring me a shrubbery is what david oh, looked at yeah. bring me a shrubbery My if, python. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to give us a call 888-344-1170 is the number You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Let it rain, let it rain, let your love rain down on me. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. I don't think we, we don't have any rain in the forecast, do we? No, we do not. Looks like the tip of Baja has some coming up, and New Orleans does. New Orleans. Well, New Orleans is yeah, New Orleans has got some. There's a, a hurricane moving right up the coast off of Mexico, and it looks oh, like really? it's going to go. Right now, it's moving a little bit east, and it's forecast to go up into the the Gulf. Gulf, yeah, 
You don't think it'll get sucked over to the coast? It, it, it had been more westerly, and the trajectory has been moving a little bit more easterly. But it looks like it's going to come straight up, say hello to Cape, and then kind of move. And we're not going to get any moisture out of it? it no, because it looks like then it's going to tail over into northern Mexico and then probably Arizona. into Arizona. They're okay. going to get some good, significant, it looks like, monsoonal moisture out of it. Right. But it yeah. looks like it's not going to visit us. Very sad. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, you know, if I did it based on San Diego weather, I had play Walking on the Sunshine on a loop constantly. <laughs> People get so annoyed. Uh, we got some inter- We got a couple of interesting plants in uh, in Poway. We got a special order of some oak trees. Uh, they're actually patented. The uh, Joan Leonetti oaks which i had never seen before is it is it a coast no it's a southern southern quercus virginiana variety and they're grown in tucson and the grower has shown me pictures of his crop and with minimal to no pruning he says no i'm gonna say they probably tucked you know nipped a couple of buds so minimal pruning they they form a very very nice tree and they they do well here what are the what are the height characteristics that's an excellent question, George. <laughs> okay. See what made it unique besides that. Um, it's the form of it. It is a non-gawky. It, it grows in a more compact manner. Um, hmm. I don't know how. I think Virginiana is a, a smaller. The ones I see around town are usually on the right. smaller to medium size. But it, it is its habit, which is a little more dense and um, well-formed naturally, I guess would be the. That's a good looking even, even just in the 15s they're 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 good looking trees. And we had a a bigger 15 earlier in the year it looked really nice and then I saw pictures of 36 inch boxes or 25 gallons he called them but they're gorgeous. Yeah, that's the one Perfect you showed uniform me. uniform crop yeah. with minimal effort. Hmm. I'm not familiar with it. It was the first time I had seen it. I was just walking so around the What are its water dock. needs here in San Diego? Is it something that is it somewhat drought tolerant? It is. Moderate? It is. It is. I think it was Quercus Virginiana they used to have in the loop around the stadium. That that was in the in the planters around there, and I've seen them in Poway has a, a, a bunch of them. It, it is a, a low water, okay. a drought tolerant tree. Hmm. One of the other, I had only seen the I had only seen them in, I guess they were three and a half inch pots when they came in, but then we had a couple of big ones. Then I think they're in ten or fifteen gallon containers. The Texas Ebony's, Ebenopsis. Oh, yes. Yeah, the um, the big ones are are really quite spectacular. It's a, but I I really know nothing about them. They're supposed to make a very nice bonsai. Got in a bunch of small ones for that. Well, if you need a fifteen gallon bonsai, we got that. Well, we got the three inch ones, three or four inch containers. Yeah, that was a, that was what I saw at first, and then when I was walking around the receiving area, I saw we had some big ones in. Those two came in from Tucson. Yeah, it's a it's a neat looking plant. It, it, I don't even it, know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's, what's it called? Eben Ebenopsis. Eben, I think is its Texas Eben. ebony, and it okay. looks like it has foliage like a robinia. Okay, you know the yeah, yeah. The, the, the tiny little leaflets. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of that kind of foliage. It has little thorns on it. And is it very, very drought tolerant. I, th- you know, I'm not. 
I think it is. Yeah, I think it does go dormant here. I thought it kind of looked like it was a, makes an weird. excellent, great uh, street tree or shade tree. Keeps its leaves year round and produces fragrant so I guess, blooms I guess each it's spring. Not, I guess it's not deciduous. That's okay. what that's and, what I mean by it's not deciduous. Okay. Is drought tolerant once established? It reminded and me of, can grow in compacted soil. What was the one that we had out in the in the cactus? Was it Focaria? As, we did have some oh, out there. They have the. They have the it, it, that's what it reminded me oh, of. Oh, the small no, leaf. You're the one with the small leaflets. Yeah. No, that is. That is not Focaria. <laughs> okay. I'll get back to you on that. Um, not right this moment. Not at the, not at this moment. Um, but ni- nice looking plant, um, nonetheless. And I was pretty excited. My. Um, Lagerstromia speciosa, the flowers were start, finally starting to open yesterday. Isn't that the one that looks like a guava? The foliage kind of like a guava? Yeah, it's, it's a, got much bigger foliage than any other Lagerstromia that I've ever seen. What's um, the uh, common name for that one? Uh, Lagerstromia speciosa. Hmm. Like, that, that's the common name? That's the only name I know. Really? Some sort of crepe myrtle? Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, crepe well, myrtle's for the, for the indica. Right. Well, it's a, it 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 it's one of the crepe myrtles, but it, right. it's a gi- it's a giant crepe myrtle, okay. and um, hmm. the only time where where I saw it for the first time, where I thought it was, and what I thought was just spectacular, was in the parking lot at uh, Foster Gardens in Honolulu. There's some huge ones there, and the in, the individual flowers look just like a regular crepe myrtle. But the flower is almost as big as the palm of your hand. An individual flower is almost as big as the palm of your hand. Is it as wow. drought tolerant as a regular? I don't think so. Okay. Um, at least we've been we've been giving them plenty of water, and we've also we've also I've had them for God a long time, quite a few years, quite a few years, and we we protect them from frost in the in the winter time. Um, it's it's quite a bit more tender than your regular uh, Lagerstromia, but the foliage on it's. The foliage on it's huge the- because it's native to tropical southern Asia, also known as the pride of India. Don't you know? Not the pride of Madeira. No, India. Got it. I did not know that. I d- yeah, so. that, that is interesting on those. So anyway, oh, and the foliage it totally looks like a different plant. It yeah, looks you would nothing ne- you would like ne- a lagerstrom. No, you would never you would never guess that it, it, it's a lagerstromia. It's a it's a really pretty. Really pretty plant. So. That's why I was curious if there was a well, there is a common name, Pride, the of, Pride India. of India. I, yeah. I, I hear. Yeah, I was I was not aware of that. Right. They they did not make they did not make mention Where, of that at Foster Gardens when I was there. Got it. Well, because where it was did in you Hawaii. get that? Curious. Uh, from there's a nursery in Florida, Fort Myers in Florida okay, called okay. Top Tropicals. Um, and actually, if you if you're if you're a plant geek and you're sitting around and you don't have anything better to do, if you go to toptropicals.com, just browse through the stuff that they have available. They have some amazing, absolutely amazing stuff. Um, and we've bought we've bought things from them over the years, and they are they they are certified to ship to San Diego, or to well not just San Diego but California. Um, but the last time I ordered some stuff from them, they I place the order online and then they called me up and they said yeah is there any place that we can that you can have a ship this to that's not in san diego county and i said no i said not really is what what what's going on they said well we they said we don't we don't know what's going on but whoever the um ag inspector is that 
handles the shipments that are coming in from coming in from outside of San Diego County um, at the post office, they quarantine and destroy everything that we send. So, I last I heard that was still going on, but I mm. I don't know. So they 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 won't they won't even ship to they won't ship to San Diego now because of some problem with the ag department. I don't I don't know what that is, but. Uh, Interesting. But they 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 have some amazing, amazing stuff, hmm. um, and they have a ton of gardenias. Yeah, you have a couple of gardenias back there that bloom this year. Yeah, in the couple of gardenias in the in the shade section, they were completely covered with scale and mealybug too. So I had to take care of that. So, <laughs> but um, and they they actually had the the yellow gardenia, which I had one at I had one at home that I managed to kill. Um, and they, it's it's interesting that they called they called it a yellow gardenia, which it is a yellow gardenia, but it's not because the flowers open yellow; they fade to yellow. Fade to yellow, yeah. They just don't die quickly. They turn yellow and hang on the plant for a while. Yeah, because I remember we had a customer up in Poway, gosh, two years ago, David. They came in wanting a yellow gardenia, and we spent a lot of time trying to find one. And she wanted a yellow gardenia. I mean, the flower. Open yellow, yeah. They don't yellow. do that, right? Mm-hmm. And we we searched and searched and searched, and the only one we could find was the one that you just described. It yeah. fades to yellow, but she said, "No, no, no. I've read there is a yellow one out there." And I go, "This, this is it." Yeah, <laughs> this is the one. Uh, yeah. They 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 call it yellow gardenia, but it it's not. It's yeah. not what I would call a true yellow. True yellow. Yeah, yeah. It, it yes, it does. It does turn yellow, but it 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 does not open yellow. Shakes out white, turns yellow. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, um. So anyway, we will, I will post uh, either I or George will post some pictures of the uh, yellow gardenia, Lagerstromia speciosa oh. when it when it when it is in full bloom because it's going to have a ton of flowers on it this year um, for the first time. So I'm very excited about that. I'm and then fan, my, oh, go ahead. Say, I'm, I'm just a fan of the regular crepe myrtles. I like them a great deal. Oh, I, I, think I it's have a, a couple tree. I started from seeds. Uh, one turned pink, which disappointed me because I don't like the pink. And then I have one that turned white, so I have a white flowering one. No idea what they. I like the red. Parents I, the, the, the I think the red and the white are my, my two favorite. No, like, they're kind of like the purple or lavender colors. The water there's a like a watermelon red. Yeah, that's, that's really pretty. And you know they and they come in a variety of sizes. You can, for everything from a relatively small yeah. bush to a yeah, twenty five foot tree. tree. Yep. yep. Uh, and I haven't noticed them having. Maybe it's just the varieties that we have in stock this year, but I haven't mildew. noticed mildew being a big problem on them this year. It was not this year, but it it usually like, I, it, I can it can be. be. Yeah, it, I think it, it's it that be. the Indian name varieties or the city names like the Muskogee and stuff are less likely to have. Um, oh, that could be powdery mildew. That could vary. One, one of the, those that I started from seed does, in fact, get powdery mildew on a regular basis. Now, do you treat it or does it grow through it as have, the season well, it, progresses? <clears throat> Because it's nothing that I eat and worry about, it's definitely neglected. So no, I don't treat it. And does it, it persist? It, it, it grows through and it stops. Yeah. It, weather changes. It just looks it. ugly for a while. Yeah. That's another one of the. That's another tree that will give you some fall color as well. True. When they go dormant, mm-hmm. give, it, and if you drought stress orange. them, they'll give you fall color in the middle of summer. <laughs> that is also true. That can happen. That is one of the negatives when I talk to people about the tree. Is it, it, it's a gorgeous tree. Some people don't like that it's, it loses its leaves, but it loses them for a pretty long time and has the seed pods, Yeah, you know, these big piles of seed pods, and a lot of folks don't like to look at that. But 
the trunks usually are fairly attractive on it. They I think have they're a very good handsome. Yeah, coloration to them. This is the bark peels, and I've also seen the root structures on them, the root systems kind of forming a webbing on the soil surface that makes some interesting patterns a, as well. So it, it does have interest almost year round. I I agree. It's a good tree. It's a good lawn tree, since they do like they do like regular water. If you if you need some if you need a tree to plant in a in a lawn area, that's a Yep. That's a good one to consider. And it does and it doesn't have a real problem with surface rooting. At least big roots. Um so that helps as well. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. Larry stay on the line. We're going to be talking to you when we come back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with Mark Mahady, David Ross, and George Allman. Uh, My grapes are ripening. So are the ones at the nursery. Uh, they're actually really good. The, the Zinfandel. The Zinfandels are the delicious. Zinfandel, oh I, think there's, um, I think there's some Cabernets back there, too. They're, they're really, really quite, quite sweet and tasty. My concords are quite sweet and tasty and have much better tasting seeds than your wine grapes do. The seeds of your wine grapes. I'm not a big fan of grapeseed. I don't care what it it's is. It's good for you, man. You should be ingesting your grapeseeds. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, dear, that. Dear, now, do your concord grapes get big? Like, no. Because wine I mean, grapes are usually pretty small. Yes. They, well, relative to the wine grapes, they're enormous. They're probably okay. three or four times, maybe more. Than, than that. Are they but Eastern Concord? I think or? it's just regular Eastern Concord. Okay. I'll, I'll bring some in. I can. I contemplated picking some for you guys this Are morning. Are you going to make some Concord grape jelly? No. <laughs> I just, every morning and every night, go out and pick a few and chew on them and eat the seeds and notice that there's a stark difference in the taste of the seeds in the ones that we had on the lunch table at work versus my Concord grape seeds. I like the crunch in them. Yeah. And they're small and they are not bitter. Like the, I think there's a bitter taste to those seeds in the wine. Some grapes. of the wine. Well, see, some I would know because I don't eat them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, most people don't. That, that's they, just they, me. Yeah, really, because I always do eat grape seeds. Absolutely, yeah. always. Yeah. Thank, thank you, George. 
Um, do you guys eat the seeds? Out. Do you guys yeah. eat the seeds out of uh, passion fruit? Nope. Absolutely. You strain it yeah. out. Well, I don't eat passion fruit. Yeah, I was going to say, nor, nor do I. David, David, what are we going to do? Well, I think we should probably go to Larry and Oceanside and end I think that's this a good line idea. of discussion. That's what I think. <laughs> Cut this off. Larry, good morning. How are you? Yeah, um, a, a couple of uh, a while back, I got some uh, worms from yours, worms from, at the, gar, um, the store. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, David said, was talking about something. I got the, the box. I got a. I got the worms, and we've been throwing in the the scraps, the food scraps. But when you open up the box now, uh, the wife says, you know, the, all these gnats and flies come all over. And I think David talked about last week or two weeks ago how to uh, eliminate that. And I was just wondering, you got any ideas about how to do that? Well. We're all looking at you, David. Yes and no. I, he called me out by name. That's why we're looking at you. Yeah, uh, I, I defer. Well, the gnats are going to be a natural, naturally attracted to the breaking down fruit. And I think something that you said that I wouldn't do is cover them. When in the worm beds that I'm used to seeing in, in town here where people are growing them are open to the air so it's not as moist and rotting and is attractive to gnats. And see, the, the pre-made bins all have covers. Mine have covers. Why? To keep predators out, to keep the extra. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah the, the, the worm farms that I've seen, uh, that cylindrical one that we used to have that we got from, they were Australian. Australian, yeah. yeah like, um, they, had, they had covers. They had Correct. covers. The big right. vents in it for air to get through, to move through. But I, I don't, they're probably not fungus gnats, so the... The BT flies or isn't going to do it. I, I, I get them in mine, and I and I just leave the cover off for a couple hours, and then put it back on. It's part of the it's part of the process of breaking down. It doesn't really bother me. Now, if it's in the house, that's another problem. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are they inside? No, no. Oh, this is out okay. in the side, and you know because I got all these fruit trees. I you know I got a problem with rats this year. They're pretty bad, and uh, you know if I leave it open, they're. They're gonna go. That's gonna. Oh be no, no! A, I just I leave it open in the daytime. I, I'll I'll open it up in the daytime for a couple hours while I'm working in the yard, and then go back and put it back down, and and that reduces some of them. The worms won't leave. The worms as soon as the light hits the worms, they're very sensitive to the light. They burrow back down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's it. Okay. Thanks, thanks for the call, Larry. Have a great weekend. You too. Okay. Take care. Always, always glad to let people down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for you, Larry. Yeah. Um, Until I'm I wonder. Not, yeah. I wonder if mosquito dunks would take care of that without yeah, harming I, I the world. I would think that they, but they might. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually. wet. It's not wet enough, really. To I don't, I don't know. Well, they the, might. the bits. The bits. The bits. Yeah, maybe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah that big. Yeah, That's, I don't uh, know. Do those gnats pupate in the soil? I guess is the question. I would. I would think so. I guess you. Well, try. fungus gnats do in the soil, but they, if it's fruit flies, and they do it right in the fruit. I mean, they lay their eggs yeah, on fruit. That's true. So. Uh, Aristotle called earthworms the the. Um, the guts of the earth. That yeah. and, and, and Charles Darwin had said something about them being the most important animal. They played the most important role in all, of all the animals in the, on the history of the world. Well, that, that might be pushing it. Well, a little bit, but they are incredibly important to a healthy ecosystem, to yeah, a they garden. Are. They, yeah, they, they, they do a tremendous amount. Well, uh, I'm gonna, go ahead. now going to have to try a worm farm with the uh, bulb crates because they are yeah. vented well. And it that would probably be. A, I would think that. You know, yeah, I think that would work well. We used very to well. 
carry worm castings from, or we got them for our raised beds when we opened Poway from a place here off of Miramar Road. Oh, there was a huge worm farm. Acres of just out in the open, and they were keeping it, the layers of organic matter, very thin, and it was open to the air. There probably were some gnats and flies had I bothered to get. And we paid that close attention. Yeah, yeah, that didn't last very long. No. The dirt became, I think, a little more valuable. I was going to say that. It was like more than more than likely. Uh, yeah. Which you know, it's interesting if you. I think they, I think they have about a one or a two year lag time, at least a one year, maybe two year lag time. But the the county produces a crop report every year of everything that's produced in San Diego County, and they break it down by by the crop and and Is how it's on there. It might be. I know. I know bees are on there. There's a section for bees, but it tells how much how much area of the county it is in production, acre wise, and and then what the what the crop value is. And you look at the crop value for a lot of stuff, and man, it's amazing that it's, not any, it's, a, it's amazing that anybody grows anything in California in San Diego anymore. Um, the it's it's the truth. Yeah, it, it the land value is so high that it just. In a lot of cases, it doesn't make sense. Although the number one crop in the number one crop in San Diego County, and it has been for some time, is um, nursery stock. So just plain old really? ornamentals and fruit trees and things like that. Plants that are actually sold um, as us. plants, and not just yeah, and not just a uh, fruit crop. The only crop that seems to be expanding would be wine grapes. I see so much more acreage. It seems like. Yeah, but even at that though, I mean, you, you look at what you look at what wine. Well, most I think most of the people that are growing wine grapes grow the grapes and then and then make wine with them, which increases the value of the crop. But uh, just wine grapes in general, the last time I looked, I think it was about um, I think it was about two thousand dollars a ton for wine grapes, and an acre will produce about four. I think about four tons. So it, well, we it, we had the uh, Ramona Valley uh, vineyard vineyard, yeah, Vin- vineyard folks vineyard up, association. Uh, association the other day uh, for their presentation to each other. One of their one of the growers had two acres and he had two thousand grapes. He said just shy of two thousand vines on two acres. That's a lot of vines. That's a lot of vines. Well, yeah. I think there are tax advantages to certain crops that if you are producing certain things that the state is trying to encourage something. And I think there's more than just the straight crop values in some things. Well, there, 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 there are tax there advantages. Well um, right. And for water, too. If it, 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 well, at yes. least it used to be. I don't know if it still is, but it used to be water uh, advantages. Um, I, haven't looked, I haven't looked at a crop report in the last couple of years, but I, the last time I looked at it, the crop that had the highest value um, – value yield was lemons they were worth more than just about any other any other crop which is interesting because when you look around san diego you don't see lemon orchards anywhere. i think you did back in what about in in lemon san, grove yeah rancho santa fe well i don't think there's many in lemon grove now oh okay i, I knew that actually it just it made sense that that's where they would but be. yes I think there were some up in Rancho Santa Fe, there are, and I think least, there still are. Well, I haven't driven through there, the the Grove parts recently, but I I remember up by Dan Carlin's place and up by Rancho Soledad, 
there was a big hillside of lemons up there. I don't know if it's still there. I think it is. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, haven't been. Yeah, haven't, we, haven't been through there paying that much attention. When we do our Riverside Citrus Collection tour, we can take a little detour through Rancho Santa, through Rancho Santa, Santa look Fe for lemons. Yeah, because that's right on the way. Uh, if you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. Rob, stay on the line. We're going to be talking to you when we come back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. He'd let us in, knows where we've been, in his octopus's garden, in the shade. I'd ask my friends to come and see With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to head down to Otay Mesa where Rob is waiting. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm fine. I, I have a, a worm farm, and I build it from 2x12s, maybe 3x3, three three, and I feed it watermelon, melons, cucumbers, bananas. And what I do is I, I save a little bit of the watermelon rinds or whatever fruit I have, and I dig a little trench in it, maybe three or four inches. Then I cover it with dirt, and I've never had no no problems with any kind of insects flying around. Oh, that's good to know. It, it may it might be because it because they're open too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In those bins, they are open yeah. typically. And one time I left the cover off because it's even with the ground, and I had something digging into it. I don't, I never did know what it was, so I don't leave the cover off no more. Right. I would imagine right. it's pro- it's probably I would think maybe a skunk. Skunk. Yeah, because it's skunk. Raccoon. Skunks. Yeah. Skunks will definitely come through. They they typically are looking for grubs, and I've just seen them destroy yeah people's lawns um, digging for grubs. The and it's usually it's usually fairly fairly concentrated. It's, Lots of small holes. Well, they come and just dig up lots of little holes all over the place, looking looking for the insects. Yeah, I keep a small shovel right next to where the worms are. So when I have the fruit I want to get rid of, I just dig that trench with a shovel right there, and boom. There you go. Yep. So maybe that'll be helpful to the other gentlemen. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for the call, Rob. We really appreciate that. Okay. Goodbye. Right. Goodbye. Have a great weekend. So there, there are a number of. Um, different techniques for worm bins there you know the, the round one that you mentioned that australian one there's some square people make their own with uh, big rubber made tubs this mm-hmm. gentleman has his in the ground i mean and uh, we're going to have a class i think it's november we'll 
push when we get the date, uh, let it be known. But we're going to have a, a composting class that's going to include worm composting. I think we, yeah, we're, I think we're doing one in September. Okay. Uh, yeah. On composting, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure she'll go over everything, but worms and all that stuff. Catholic. Well, it's inter- in- interesting because worms will eat just about anything. They, mm-hmm. they, the, like he mentioned the watermelon. I, I've seen them. They love watermelon. They love pumpkin. Any of the squash. When I put squash in there, they just they. I have so many in the bin that when you take the top off, because they they are light sensitive, they will start scurrying down. You can, see you can hear it. Oh, you no, can, you, it oh, sounds wow. like somebody's. It's a 1950s horror movie with the slimy sound. It's mm. yeah. If you have a if you're adverse to that kind of stuff, you don't want to look or listen. I, I could I could see that, you know. And, and speaking of speaking of squash and watermelon, and there I think there's a little bit of controversy to it as to whether or not it works or not. But I know people that were having problems keeping milkweed in their yards because the monarch caterpillars will just decimate it. Um, monarch caterpillars will feed on butternut squash, on cooked butternut squash. You, you, you got to cook, cook it for them. You got to cook it for them. They're lazy. Uh, oh my gosh! But, uh, but yeah, the the caterpillars will will eat the butternut squash. But I have heard that there there might be some issues with that as far as the health of the caterpillars is concerned. But they they will eat it. A friend a, a friend of mine actually actually did it because she ran out of a she ran out of milkweed, so she had seen that online. So she got some butternut squash and cooked it, and the caterpillars. They enjoyed it. Did she spoon feed them the butternut? No, squash? I don't think she did. I don't think she went that far, but um, okay. she did set them on onto the butternut squash, and they were very happy to uh, partake of it. You know what? I'm <laughs> I'm smiling because I'm thinking about feeding a little infant. You know, with the mm-hmm. little Gerber's squash yes. and its butternut mm-hmm. squashing. Yes. Anyway, that's what I'm picturing your friend doing. With no, her no, no, that's not. Um, no, she, she didn't. Sm- she didn't squash it up or anything. She just cooked the squash and then just laid the piece out. Yeah. Laid a piece out and put some caterpillars on it, and they were very happy to eat it. I know George has shared some of his squash, his overgrown squash, with my my chickens, and I used to break it apart for them so that they wouldn't have to pierce the outer shell. And he explained to me that they're they're, able, they're quite capable. That's, capable. that's, that's right, yeah. And they're so chickens. We just throw them in and. Yeah. I, I've tried the new way. I have seen the new light there. <laughs> well, Again, when you're lazy, you just throw it in. There you go. Yeah. Um, and if they can't figure it out, let them starve. Exactly. I mean, I don't mean <laughs> that. Yeah, Not actually, literally. I, yeah. I kind of do, do mean it. that. Yeah, yeah. Don't say it. We're going to go to the phones. We're going to talk to John from the San Diego, San Diego Botanical Garden. Good morning, John. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm doing well. Thank you. I actually called in to talk about why there aren't any lemons commercially grown in San Diego anymore. And I manage some lemon orchards in Rancho Santa Fe. And um, the big reason is, well, A, the water cost is very prohibitive now, Mm -hmm. which makes it very, very tough. But the biggest issue is you can't get anybody to pick and there's nobody to process the lemons anymore. And uh, the last crop we had had to go to Coachella, which there used to be packing sheds uh, in San Diego County and some in Riverside County, there are none left. Really? It's just too expensive. Right. Wow. And so uh, to get the last batch of four acres of lemons uh, harvested, had to go to Coachella, and it ended up costing my clients money. Wow. So they actually lost money just getting the fruit off the trees. So it's just not 
possible to make money at it anymore. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I know my 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 wife's uh, former former boss. His family has uh, they have a big uh, citrus orchard up in Palma Valley, and they grow navel oranges, and they grow the biggest, nicest navel oranges that they can. And I remember the last time I talked to him about it, he said they didn't sell any of their crop in domestically. Everything they everything they sold or everything they grew. They shipped to Japan uh, because they could get a premium price for them for for really nice navel oranges over in Japan. Huh. So they didn't they didn't sell anything domestically, which I don't know where they came up with it. And and maybe if you're going to get a premium price for them in Japan, you can afford to pay somebody to come in and pick them for you. Um, but it, it's uh it's interesting how how things have changed over the years. It's definitely a, a different game than it used to be. And by the way, of a shameless plug for the Botanic Garden, <laughs> if you haven't been yet, the we have two more weeks running on the Bromeliad show, and it's phenomenal. It is the best Bromeliad show I have ever seen in my life. I've uh, seen a lot of plant shows over half a decade, uh, half a century, so uh, it's really worth seeing. I, well, I keep seeing seeing it on Facebook or or when I look on the web page, and I, I'm going to try to get up there either I, I, this I Monday or up, the following Monday. I need to get out there and, and see that. We, we're always looking for something to do on the weekend, so that'll that would definitely be a a good uh, a good diversion and a, a nice trip. So we'll, we'll come out and take a look. Thanks, guys. Okay, have a good one. Thanks for calling, John. We've talked about going out there. We have. We need to do that. I know. Are you looking at something that is worthy? Well, yeah, the the Maritime Museum was on KUSI. I'm not sure what, what was going on there. So, anyway. Well, oh, you know what? I'll just throw Speaking this of out. shameless S- plugs. Speaking of shameless plugs. Uh, if anybody happens to be going to Del Mar today, um, Melanie and I will be hanging out in the paddock bar around 4.30. So, if you want to stop by and say <laughs> and hello. And buy us a drink. I mean, <laughs> set, shake our hand. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about the Maritime Museum. Oh, I just did. Yeah. yeah. Meet us at the bar? Well, no. It was on TV. I, and I, I, don't, know, I don't know what I was going you. on. Okay. It, but they had sense. There's always around. something good and interesting going on at the Maritime Museum. Always. Correct? Always something right. good and interesting going on. So, But, yeah, we'll be at, I'll be at uh, Del Mar today. Do you have Probably a horse running today? I do, as a matter of fact. Oh, very good. Yeah. I can't. It's in the feature. It's in the oh, O'Brien stage. O'Brien. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so if you want to, if you're at, if you're at the track today and you want to say yeah, exactly, hi, you can, that's where you'll be. You can come look for me in the uh, paddock bar. Since yeah. we are running short of time, do we have any classes coming up today that we can re-remind of, George? We do. In in, in San Diego, uh, James is going to teach some uh, water saving techniques, and then I'll be doing a vegetable fruit and vegetable lore up in Poway at nine thirty. So hopefully, we'll see you there. I need to save. Well, so if you want to meet George, it'll be much easier to spot him in. Poway teaching teaching the class, and it will be me in the paddock bar. And there, will, True. And there will be no pressure to buy George a drink on the patio at Walter Anderson Nursery. There'll be Poway. a tip jar, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We'll be back next week with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. 
That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.